0: So yeah, we can we can definitely dive into all of these points, but I hope the distinction between educational content versus applicable content is clear to whoever's listening because there's truly a huge difference. Welcome to Unmiss, your go-to digital marketing hub. I'm Anatoly Ulatovsky here with expert tips and exclusive chats to boost your online game. Let's get started.
1: Hello, good people. Welcome to our show. Hello, bad people. Welcome to our show. Hello, guys. Welcome. Today we are going to discuss about LinkedIn. I love this social media. I get a lot of great results on LinkedIn and I switch my attention from uh, most platforms to LinkedIn and I disagree with someone who can say you need to be everywhere. Uh, If you have resources, you can. If you have a great team, you can. But if you pay all resources and attention to one social media, you can get much better results. I'm so excited to discuss a lot more about LinkedIn you just Jasmine Jay Alec. How are you?
0: How's it going, man? Thank you for the invite, by the way. And that was a great intro about LinkedIn. I feel the same way pretty much. You know, <laughs> nobody should be on all the platforms. Like, that's what I always say. Pick one, at least one or one at a time, and then see if it makes sense to scale. So I like that intro. I really do.
1: Awesome, awesome. Yeah, um, I I researched this topic and uh, because I failed when uh, I was, you know, uh, I tried to cover all social media platforms. I did it in 2020. Uh, I promoted my content on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, LinkedIn, uh, even Pinterest, Instagram, TikTok everywhere. But I failed to get results Uh, and uh, I became like Jack of all trades, master of none. uh i learned a lot from V. he's great to cover all social media platforms but he started on twitter to tweet content uh for seven years uh, and he shared his success because he spent like uh, all night in twitter for seven years Uh, i learned about uh, mr beast he started on youtube he ignored uh, other social medias okay today he can create content on TikTok, on other social media on instagram but all of them got great success on one social media. For example, Charlie Demelia, she got great success on TikTok. And when she came to Gary V to ask for advice what to do when she got four million uh, followers on TikTok, and he replied to her, Double your energy on TikTok. <laughs> so if you can, why you need to be everywhere today? Of course, Charlie Demelia creates, uh, creates content on Instagram, uh, on YouTube. Because she has a team, if you have resources, why not? You can. But in the beginning, if you start from scratch, if you are not the best in the trade, you need to ignore other social media. Just before you start, just tell more about yourself, experience, background, and let us know why you choose LinkedIn.
0: (laughs) Awesome, man. Well, thank you. Uh, Just a quick note about myself, who I am, what I do, why I do it. Um, I'm a copywriter. I'm a brand strategist. Um, as of the last two years, I'm a LinkedIn creator. Mm-hmm. Um, I love LinkedIn, uh, use it every day. And my background is really in writing and brand strategy. Uh, i work with some really cool brands around the world. But before all of that, I was A, a teacher, uh, an English teacher. I've traveled the world teaching. And B, I was a musician. I was a rapper. So in both of those worlds, language, words, writing, communication, if you will, were key. And when I moved to writing or the world of online writing and didn't feel like I was actually moving to anything, it just felt like I was reaching the next stage of it. So the most recent stage, I, I'm i fairly certain I'm going to develop and pivot out of this and just scale out um, into something new over the years. But for now, it's, you know, writing online, uh, particularly LinkedIn and helping people grow their brands, whether it's personal brands or whether it's company brands on LinkedIn specifically and beyond, just because I do have that experience, a ton of experience outside of LinkedIn as well. So yeah, um, I enjoy working with folks. I enjoy training folks. I enjoy training teams and I enjoy traveling the world doing very much the same. And if I can't, I'll do it online like this. I'll do it virtually. And if I'm not doing anything, best believe I'll be on LinkedIn and posting something valuable, something educational, inspirational, motivational, whatever it is, as long as it moves the needle for someone, I'm doing it
1: awesome yeah Uh, I like your experience I like that you enjoy I think if you don't enjoy it's better to leave it and find something else I often see it according to data 70% of people hate their jobs it's a lot guys if you hate your job leave it you will never regret you have one life you don't need to regret
0: actually 70% like that's the official stat
1: yeah uh, according to some data uh, uh, some data can share like 50 percent some 70 percent yeah yeah i think uh, some people are unhappy someone
0: can hate so uh,
1: i think I uh, i'm not
0: surprised i'm just like that's a lot like a, a lot, lot yeah i see it around me right we've all seen mm-hmm. it over years uh, where, wherever you work even if at a small boutique company at a school at a government agency or whatever or if you're a solo printer you'll see it like not everyone's happy with their jobs, yeah. nor will they probably ever be just because people are, are stuck in the same loop they don't want to learn new skills they don't want to learn new things they don't want to try you know doing the things that work um mm-hmm. instead they'll just chase a hopeless dream doing the things that aren't working and then they'll try to figure it out or they'll just blame the system blame the algorithm whatever um but yeah I feel it. I feel it. 70% is sky high, but I can see it. It's, it's definitely real.
1: Yeah. Uh, can you advise these people, someone who can listen to this podcast, uh, what to do? For example, uh, let me share a short story about my friend. He has family, three kids. He needs to feed them to pay bills, but uh, he hates his job. And uh, when I told him, you need to find something else. And uh, he replied uh, to me, you know, I need to pay my bills, I need to take care about my family. If I uh, leave this job, what I can do? I have no money uh, to go ahead. Uh, I know it's it's some part of excuses. I think everyone has uh, struggles, but uh, tell for these people who have such experience, uh, how you enjoy your process, how you love your job, and tell others how they can do.
0: Well, my first, you know, I wrote about this the other day. Um, It's By the way, it's a loaded question that where I could give like multiple pieces of advice. But the main advice I always give people is invest time in building your personal brand. Now, that by itself sounds super generic. It sounds like something we've heard before. But what it's really about, and I wrote this, I wrote about this like a couple of weeks ago in one of my LinkedIn posts. It's really about taking control of your future. The thing I dislike the most about the job market the way it's set up for people who don't necessarily have you know a name that's known or people who don't necessarily have a really good network like they don't know a whole lot of people outside the industry in the industry around the world in their country out of their country basically they don't have a strong brand or presence online the problem then is if you lose this job the current job whether or not you you know you hate it or love it that's besides the point but if you lose it what's your next step if you lose that job what's your next step the reality is the next step is you just do everything you can to search and find another job asap so you're gonna do whatever it takes you know given the day uh the time you have in your day to find a new job but is that really the reality everyone wants for themselves like Even if you get that new job, we see it all the time with these layoffs around the world. There's like 500 people have been laid off from insert company name. You see these headlines. Then 5,000, you know, um, people have been laid off um, from insert company name. Like it's just a bunch of companies at this point around the world. But you see it happening at a small scale. Even People are losing their jobs or they're being laid off and then they fall into the same job search cycle and i've had this conversation with some of my best friends i tell them how i ask them how do you use linkedin and then they look at me like what kind of you know what kind of a question is that and i tell them how do you use linkedin and they tell me well i use it to apply for jobs and then i don't like that's literally it They use LinkedIn to search for a job and as soon as they have a job, they no longer use LinkedIn, they forget about it. And then as soon as, and there's always an opportunity, a chance, a possibility for you to lose that job, one year later, five years later, it doesn't even matter. What do they do again? They go back to LinkedIn and they search for a new job, circle of doom. It's a cycle of doom and it never ends but then i ask them what if you never even had to look for a new job because the reality is they're probably just going to find a job that's exactly the same as the last one or worse rarely better rarely better so i ask them like why do you keep doing that to yourself you're just stuck in the same loop don't you know and they're like are you criticizing me are you telling me something i don't already know and i'm like no i'm not criticizing i'm asking a legit question Like, why do we as people do this to ourselves? Because all that time in between, like while you had a job, you could have used that time to post something online, to spread your voice around the world, to meet people around the world, meaning expand your professional network and or position yourself as an authority in the job, in the niche, in the particular problem area that you're actually experienced in you can position yourself as the go-to person for that thing you're actually good at and then they're looking at me like you're kind of right but i don't know how to start and then i'm like let me give you a master class and then i go through one, two, three, four, five, seventeen, whatever my gripe with job searches and people being laid off is the fact that We still, I believe, we still do not understand the vitality, the importance of having an actual strong personal brand. I always say everyone has a personal brand, but not everyone knows they have one. And that is something that I'm willing to repeat for the audience. Everyone has a personal brand, but not everyone knows they have one. Here's what that means. If you lose your job, are you going to search for it? Or are you going to be met with 10, 20, 30 offers the very next day? That's what a strong personal brand does. Are you going to get hit with a layoff? Or do you already have your next opportunity waiting? Are you going to get stuck in the same job for years with no chance of advancing and moving up the ladder? Or are you going to get chased by other companies and other brands and other people? while you're still at that job, and so on and so forth. The list goes on. The list of benefits for having a personal brand, for actually investing time and effort into building online, specifically on LinkedIn because it's the easiest platform of them all for building a personal brand and actually connecting with real business people and real businessmen and real businesses, the investment is zero. Like the investment is literally zero. I can't stress that enough to people like, and and I'll go back to my, you know, original question, like, why do we do this to ourselves? Mm -hmm. So it's a conversation to be had. I feel like I have a lot of things to say on this topic just because I have, I am someone who's been through the job search struggle um, and then client search struggle until I've actually started building online. The second I did, I'm telling you, I'm telling you four, it took me four months before four or five hopefully i'm saying it right four or five let's let me do five just just so i could be a bit more um correct it took me 5 months to get booked out for the entire year immediately that particular year when i when i started posting i immediately got booked out with projects and at that point i knew this is something worth doing and at that point i had like 10,000 followers on linkedin it was it was just it was nothing uh, compared to where i am today and I knew, I knew that that was the right move. I knew that that was the right investment of my time into the future. And I just doubled down. And today, you know, many, many months and years later, we are, you know, we're controlling, I want to say, how we do work, who we want to work with. And we're helping others do the same because it's, it is so saddening to me to see people let time pass and not build anything around their name not a brand not interest not you know any reputation it's saddening and i don't want to be, feel sad about you know talking about this thing i re- really want to be happy and i'm genuinely doing my best in my content and you know on my linkedin profile to help others and really push push the needle for a lot of people around the world so yeah, that's my rant. I, I awesome. did, did, did this feel like a rant by the way or did this feel like a <laughs> like an actual for me what call it? it's inspirational,
1: uh valuable Dang bombs, it. you know. So you lead me to an emergency room I need to think <laughs> about. My strategy because I, I see when people misunderstand LinkedIn. LinkedIn is not like for searching job uh or it used to your, be.
0: Like that's that's yeah, where the you know misconception comes from linkedin yeah, was man. only for jobs in the past basically today it's social it's media that...
1: multifunctional yeah. social media you can uh, post content you can market your business you can you can do everything what you can do on facebook youtube and other social media on first linkedin time. and uh, i want to start from first step that i see uh, many uh, companies don't understand what to do uh, from profiles, you know, uh, creating accounts. Because what I usually see when uh, companies or people create selfish profiles, they don't care about customers, they don't care about users. And uh, uh, I often get the request, please check my check out my profile. And I see selfish profile. (laughs) People don't know the the customers. They want to highlight how they are great, but nobody cares. You, You can become cristiano ronaldo Uh, you can be whatever you want but uh you need to highlight how you can help others can you tell or lead our audience how to do it how to create profile that can share such value for their audience
0: (laughs) really good question so if you want to create a brand that helps people ultimately it's about trust i always say this trust is the foundation of investment why do you buy certain products because you trust that they will fix whatever you need you know getting fixed why do you buy certain food because you trust that it's good for you and it is going you trust that it's going to taste great why do you invest in coaches in services because you trust that you will get the result that you seek you will fix something in your life or at least it will make you feel better about your life trust is the ultimate currency. So if you want to build a brand, especially online, especially on LinkedIn, that is based on trust, you have to show people they can trust you. Here's how to do that. Share content that is educational, but also applicable. A lot of people on LinkedIn, a lot of LinkedIn creators, they cover the first part. They'll say all the right things but they'll miss the second part, which is the applicability part. Here's what that means in the real world. If you give me advice like, oh, you need to, if you want your LinkedIn brand to work, you need to, and then you give me a list. Number one, optimize your profile, write content that sells, expand your professional network. If you do all of these three, your LinkedIn will be the star of the show. You will thank yourself three years later. Okay. There's nothing wrong with what has just been said. Nothing. Optimize your profile, create content that sells, expand your professional network. All of these things are super positive and they're correct. The problem is what can I do with those three sentences? How can I apply those three sentences in my life? What the heck does it mean? Optimize your profile. How do I optimize my profile? Right? Like I can't apply that sentence. I can't apply that advice. It's educational, sure, but I can't do anything with it. Absolutely nothing. Second one, um, write content and sells. How? How the heck do I write content that sells? Right? Again, it's educational, it's positive, but I can't apply it. Third one, third example, expand your professional network. Sure, I will, but how? The applicability factor is missing from a lot of LinkedIn content. And if you want people to trust you, you need to prove to them that whatever you say to them can be applied right away. My rule, my definition of right away is 10 seconds later. So I have this very unique approach on LinkedIn where I try to break down the most complex topics into the simplest steps and simplest you know, words, terms, communication. What that does is it creates this effect where as soon as you read something, you can apply it le- legitimately seconds after. You don't need to Google certain, re- you know, um, solutions. You don't need to Google certain answers. No, everything that I have given you, the list that I have given you has all the answers. You don't need to go outside of my profile to find the answers. Everything is right there. So if I tell you to, if you want to do LinkedIn, right? You need to do one, two, three. I'm actually going to give you the roadmap, the steps to one and then to to two and then to three. I'm actually going to give you a mini masterclass in the post of how you can optimize your profile. I'm going to tell you exactly what you need to pay attention on, what what parts to write, the character count, how to write it, what sort of phrases, maybe a template you can, you, you know, you can repurpose for yourself. If you want to expand your network, I'm going to tell you exactly how to approach people, when to DM uh, people, if you should DM people at all, how you can build familiarity, step, step by step, step by step. Now, when you read that post, you can immediately apply it. You're no longer stuck with, oh yeah, that was cool, but how? You know how. And as soon as you apply it, you're going to see that it actually works. Now, And that point in time, when people can witness that what you have told them actually works for them, this is the point in time, like a very specific, you know, pin when trust is built. And as soon as people trust you, they are willing to do a plethora of things for you. They're willing to come back to your profile every single day, meaning the word follower actually means they're following you for your advice because they trust you. Then they're also willing to recommend you to other people. This is the beauty of a network. A network is nothing. If they don't trust you themselves, if they're not going to mention your name in a room full of other people, that's not a network. That's just lists of names, whatever. That's not a network. And also, they're going to be clients, customers, buyers, basically supporters of your business, which is vastly different from the previous two because the third group will give you their money. The third group will be like, I trust you enough for me to pay you and for you to help me because I trust based on all this content that you've already delivered for me for free, mind you, for free. And I had already had so many amazing results with the free content. I am actually willing to pay to give, to get some amazing, amazing advice that no one else is getting. Or at least I'm going to get advice that is highly applicable to me because that's ultimately what people are paying for. They're paying you to help them and not necessarily thousands or millions of people who are kind of similar to them. So yeah, trust. Trust is really the the ultimate game on LinkedIn. Um, in order for you to, to build it, you just got to have faith in your experience, you know, number one, and then right content that sells so yeah we can we can definitely dive into all of these points but i hope the distinction between educational content versus applicable content is clear to whoever's listening because there's truly a huge difference
1: awesome yeah i think trust uh, is important everywhere on google on facebook if you can't bring trust customers don't buy from you um, and according to data 95 percent of customers uh check out products before buying, reviews, uh, different insights. So, yeah, you need to uh, bring this trust to provoke the feeling of trust. Uh, I want to ask about creating content. You mentioned about creating content and, you know, when when I can listen to you, uh, you know, I get your voice, clear, great voice, Uh, but you mentioned you have a copywriting background. Experience <laughs> and I think you can create uh, video content uh, to write uh, posts, social media posts. You can uh, film video because of voice, because of writing experience, and uh, so different formats. But I know uh, it's not the same with my audience, it's not the same even with me. Because, uh, for example, I like to write, and um, when someone can tell me, please tell the best practices. I don't care about best practices. I don't care because if best practices can tell, you need to film, but I'm not good with that. Why I need to film? Uh, Seth Godin or, uh, I don't know, Stephen King, they don't create content, video content, because they are great with writing. They can win audience with writing great pieces of content. You mentioned you have writing experience. Uh, Tell your methods how to win this organic reach on LinkedIn.
0: Yeah. And by the way, the same, um, story you mentioned with creating video content, I have never posted a video on LinkedIn ever. I'm very much, you know, a writer. I like to write the most I'll go is I'll attach a photo to the post and that photo might be relevant to the post itself. Like if I am, if I had just been on a podcast and I am, you know, listing out, the. topics or at least the 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 really big messages i've shared in that podcast Mm -hmm. it only makes sense for me to share you know a pick from the podcast but if i'm sharing like a completely random photo it you know it won't be the same effect so that's a great point about sticking to your guns as they say and sticking to what you actually know so i am not the best video person i love doing video for other people like i love joining podcasts (laughs) i love launching events and being on them but as far as posting video content, to me, it's a whole different ball game one that I'm, you know, not yet ready to play. I am getting educated. I am learning a lot about it. And I have recorded videos, a lot of them, but I still haven't posted just because I'm waiting for it to meet my standards. Like I am genuinely my my own biggest critic. Now, back to your point. Sorry. So if we're talking about you using your greatest skill, you just need to ask yourself. What is your greatest skill? Mine is writing. I am 100% certain that I'm a good writer and I know that ultimately good writing means good communication and good communication means sales because if you can't clearly communicate what you do, people are not, not even going to understand you. So when it comes to writing on LinkedIn, the thing we have to understand is a, not everyone is a native English speaker. I am not a native English speaker. So it's different for me to write something online and for it to still hit its mark versus a native English speaker. Just from from that perspective. Were you born with it? Were you not? That's A. So it's different for a lot of people. But the thing is, all writing is 90% psychology. So ultimately, all you have to understand about writing is how people think. And there's this book that gives the answer to this question. How do people think? The book is called, Don't Make Them Think. That is the ultimate, ultimate, ultimate weapon you can use in your LinkedIn written content. Here's where it becomes a bit more apparent about what this means in practice. So a lot of folks will complain about, I'll just give you one very random example, but it's specific. A lot of folks will complain about lack of engagement or lack of comments on their posts why am i not getting enough comments why am i not getting enough responses from people why is nobody writing underneath my posts and then i ask them well did you even ask them to comment and then they look at me like what do you mean did i like tell them comment below no no no. i mean did you even provoke a conversation with your post? you may have just told people hey water is transparent you should drink it okay okay like that's my response but i'm not gonna comment anything below your post but if you had only asked me how much water per day do you drink all of a sudden it's a conversation see it's a very simple psychological trigger to ask simple questions with instant responses but that word is the keyword instant now in a different example people will invite comments but they'll ask very complicated questions version a is where people don't even ask questions they don't invite comments they don't invite people to engage version b is where people do actually do that but they do it in a completely complicated way so i'll give you an example let's say i have just written a post about how I was discriminated on my job, on my past job. I was punched by my boss just because he disliked the fact that I came from a different country, from a different continent, and our you know, thinking kind of wasn't aligned, and we got into a fight. He punched me. Now, if you were to ask me the question at the very end of that post that says, so what's your biggest failure story? At face value, okay, there's nothing wrong with that question. But let me just explain to you the psychology behind a bad question versus a good question. So the question at hand is, so what's your biggest failure story? I have to think (laughs) about the answer. The answer is not instant by any means. I literally have to stop and think for 30 seconds, for two minutes about the response to that question just because it is so deep. And it is something that's not instant for any person to respond to. Part two of that problem is, as soon as I have figured out what my answer is, oh, I I now know what my biggest failure story is. Now I have to comment underneath that post. And I need to write an essay about what my biggest failure story was. No one has time to write an essay. No one is here to read your post only people are using linkedin where they're scrolling and they just want to you know give out dish out that quick value in the comments they're not going to spend 5 or 10 minutes on your post only so the book that says don't make them think it's actually one of the foundational psychological principles in writing if you if i have to think of a response to your post that means I, you're not going to get that engagement from me i'm i'm going to drift away i got better stuff to do and if you asking for me to de- de- devote five minutes of my time just to write a comment underneath your post, I'm not doing it. Now, version two of that same post, you know, being hit by a boss, discrimination, and then I ask the question, were you ever discriminated on your job? Yes or no? A simple question. A simple answer. Yes or no? But here's the thing, here's the psychological trigger. As soon as you say yes, or as soon as you say no, your answer was instant. You didn't think, but as soon as you said yes, you're going to start commenting immediately about what that means because you didn't spend 20, 30 seconds or two minutes thinking about the answer. You immediately knew just because the question was phrased differently. The question was phrased differently. So here's my psychology for asking really good questions at the end of posts. You need to ask questions that have instant responses. Or, for the lack of a better word, very short responses. Something that's up to eight words. Number two is you need to ask yes or no questions. Because those are also instant. But as soon as people say yes... They're going to be prompted to give you the full story. They're not just going to comment, yes, because that means nothing. They're actually going to want to comment underneath that post. And number three is ask questions that require numbers as a response. Let's say I was talking to you about in my post, let's say I was talking about uh, a commenting strategy, like how many comments I leave per day on LinkedIn or how much time I spend or how I do them, any number of things. And then my question at the very end would be, how many comments per day do you leave? As simple as that. Again, instant response. Because you already know the the answer. Because I'm not making you think. That's the key to everything. And then that whole psychology applies to the entire post. Obviously, I've just talked about um, the ending of a post. But the psychology applies to the beginning, the hook. If you're not telling me what the post is about, I will never click that see more button, right? We all see that see more button, the one that, you know, shows us the entire post, not just the preview. Or if you're, if I'm in the middle of reading your post and then I have, I still have no clue what you're talking about. I literally just read to half your post and I still have no clue what you're talking about. Again, that rule, don't make them think. It's, it's the foundation of everything. So Hope, hope this helps someone. Hope this is applicable.
1: A hundred percent.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, I checked a lot of, of your posts. You have high engagement, a lot of likes, comments. Uh, you know how to provoke. And uh, I learned your style. Uh, you use Thank bullet you. points. You, uh, you can use one sentence in one paragraph and uh, empty row between them. So it can help to uh, increase readability. Can you tell how it's important? to think about readability, about using Boolean points, about using personal pictures, uh, photos, because I see you share a lot of your photos, uh, even if post is uh, about something different,
0: but uh, you can, uh, it doesn't help to win this engagement. So if we're talking about the format of writing on LinkedIn or the format of your posts, let's say. I'm I'm just going to stick to text only in this example. This same exact advice I'm going to give you can apply to image posts as well. Basically, a photo and then uh, text above it. Formatting is really the key to everything. Just because, again, human psychology. We're going to stick to psychology for a bit here. Human brains do not read text first. We don't read it immediately. When you see a billboard in front of you, when you see a LinkedIn post in front of you, as you're scrolling through your feed and then you see, you notice something, you don't immediately read. Actually, your brain doesn't immediately read it. What it does is it scans the the entire post or at least what it sees. Now, what that does is it sends a signal to the human brain that says, this post is easy to read. The readability is good and simple. Or it's the opposite. This post is not easy to read. Therefore, I'm going to keep scrolling. But what are the triggers for that signal? So the triggers are white space, meaning empty lines. If you have chunks of text, meaning paragraphs that are like four, five, six lines long, that's not a good signal for the human brain. You want to know why? Because no one's on LinkedIn to read books. No one's on LinkedIn to read essays. People are going to Open up a book if they actually want to read a book. Yes. But no one jumps on LinkedIn to read books or research papers. If you want to read a research paper, again, you're going to go specifically to where research papers are. LinkedIn is for educational content that is quick to consume and quick to apply. And if your text visually doesn't convey that same message, it's going to fail. People are not, at least the majority of people, you're still going to get people who don't care. They're going to read essays. But the majority of people on this planet, they need to get this visual signal from text that tells them this is easy to read or this is not easy to read. White text, uh, sorry, white space, uh, a huge thing. Short lines and short sentences, huge thing. If you are one of those people who can talk on and on and on and you can just add a comma everywhere and you can just add a full stop at after only like 500 characters and whatever, I'm literally demonstrating what that means. I'm just talking on and on and on and on. I'm not stopping. If you're one of those people whose sentences never stop, you're doing it wrong. My rule in copywriting is if there's too much copy, make it choppy. Literally, if you have a pretty long sentence, chop it up into multiple sentences, two sentences, three sentences, four if you can. You can even do this in the same exact line where you can have multiple sentences in just one line. Two to three words, that's enough for, a, for, for one sentence on LinkedIn. So chopping it up, not going super broad, using a lot of white space, using lists. Now, lists for me are a key thing because they signify that something has a point A and something has a point Z. Lists are psychologically designed to tell you that there is a beginning and there is an end. If you don't trust me, and I'm just going to give you this challenge to whoever's listening. If you have a list of seven steps, okay, seven steps, literally step one of a process and step seven of a process, write that same list with numbers and without numbers. Tell me which list looks more valuable or which list looks more appealing to read. It's 100% the one with numbers. Again, psychologically, it just tells us there's a beginning and there's an end. It also tells us there is a journey that I'm going to go on. I'm going to learn the first step. I'm going to learn the last step, or at least I'm going to learn the first thing and I'm going to learn a seventh thing. But without those numbers, we don't get any of these cues, any of these visual signals. We are just seeing a list that's super long. We don't know that it's a journey. We don't know that <laughs> these are steps. We don't know that it's a process. We literally just know, no. And all it takes is numbers. So psychology and these visual cues, is, is they're huge in writing. Um, I could give you plenty more examples about these psychological triggers in writing, but formatting, your your I talk a lot about formatting on LinkedIn. So obviously I'm very passionate about this topic and people know me for my formatting. Um, it is huge. It is huge in writing because ultimately what you want to do is write something that's easy to read. And I always say my principle in writing is, If it's easy to read, it will be easy to understand because, you know, just, just take the, you know, the opposite version of that. If it's easy to read, but not easy to understand, that makes no sense.
1: Awesome. Yeah. I love it. Love it. You know, I want to ask about, uh, uh, improving skills. Uh, how, for example, if someone can use all your insights, all your tips, I, it's, It's tough from scratch. And I often see when content creators can't get results for a long time, like six months without results, without engagement, likes, comments, uh, almost nothing. But um, can you tell about consistency and patience? Uh, For example, Mr. Beast, uh, when he started to post content on YouTube, uh, he spent like 18 months to get 1,000 subscribers. But he didn't give up today, everyone knows Mr. Beast. Uh, once I got the message from uh, Bridget Heisen. um, She has plus 4 million followers on LinkedIn. And she asked me about uh, what's going on with Algrips. <laughs> I was surprised. <laughs> you know, she has 4 million subs- uh, followers and asked me what's going on. Um, yeah, uh, I shared my uh, thoughts about that because um, all grips like any other social media can change. Um, LinkedIn can change algorithms. That's okay. It's part of the job. We need to adapt to think. And uh, I think the best advice I can give to anybody else just uh, be yourself, uh, think about users, because uh, all algorithms uh, work for users, uh, for human beings. If you can help them, you can win. It doesn't matter what's going on in any platform. But uh, can you tell about patience and consistency? Because I see when people confuse consistency with frequency you can post every single day you can skip some days Uh, it works for you so tell your methods of consistency and how to be patient if you have no results for a long time
0: okay so consistency versus frequency to me they're a totally different thing and i preach about this on my linkedin people often ask me about how often should i be posting on linkedin that's That question is bound to drive you into the deepest abyss of despair and doom and self-doubt and imposter syndrome. You want to know why? Because you're equating consistency with a certain number of days, a certain number of hours and whatever. The real answer is do whatever works for you and then stick to it. Do not just apply the advice where someone else has said, oh, seven days per week, posting seven days per week has worked for me. If it's worked for them, it doesn't mean it's going to work for you because you might not be able to be posting seven days per week. I have actually, fun fact, I have never posted seven days per week on LinkedIn. And people are so surprised when they hear that just because at this point, you know, we are where we are with the follower count and with the engagement and everything. People are so surprised to hear that, but that's only because I understood consistency doesn't mean every day. Being consistent does not mean every day. You could be posting two or three times per week, but if you stick to that schedule, let's say you're posting on Monday, Wednesday, Friday. If you stick to that schedule week per week per week, no one's going to notice the missing Tuesdays and Thursdays. No one. Just because you keep showing up And you've never disappeared. That's what consistency is. You keep doing it. But at a rate and tempo that works for you. Now, throughout your journey, that rate, that tempo might change. I know in the beginning, I was posting four or five times per week. Then I slowed down because I noticed I was posting more for uh, quantity than quality. I was like... I was trying to hit this quota. I need to be posting five times per week. And I noticed that some of the posts weren't performing well or some of the posts, like just personally, I did not like them. Like they weren't as good as the others. So I told myself, why am I putting so much focus on quantity? It needs to be about quality. Like aren't two good posts much better than eight lackluster posts, you know, as Frequent as I show up in your feed, if I keep providing posts that are not immense value to you, at a certain point, you're not going to pay attention to me. You're not going to pay attention to what I do. You're not going to see it as valuable. I'm just going to be just another voice in the feed, an echo chamber, no one to be trusted. But if I posted less, less frequently, but every single time you heard me, you saw my face, you saw my words, you saw my post every single time. It was something next level something super applicable see the effect now so consistency consistency is really about finding that balance of quality versus how many times you can deliver quality yeah. if that means two two days per week if we're talking linkedin posts so posting two days per week do it but stick to those two days stick to yeah. two, uh, to the two days if it means five do it, but stick to the five days. There's also, actually, if you don't mind, there's also a huge thing I need to mention here. That doesn't mean that you should not be using LinkedIn on the other days. Mm-hmm. So this is a huge misconception that people have about LinkedIn. And then they also are met with the same you know, challenge and question, like, why am I not growing? Why are, why are my posts not getting enough reach? Why am I not still experiencing this brand authority or interest that you're talking about? If you're only using the platform two days per week, that is a problem because we're talking about posting content. Okay, we're talking about you showing up on your profile and broadcasting to your network. If you want to do it two times per week, cool. But you should be showing up every single day. So posting versus showing up, these are two completely different things. On LinkedIn, showing up, through commenting and showing up for other people, I would say is about 90% of the work. 10% is the posting and all the other stuff. 90% of your LinkedIn efforts should be around commenting. I've always done this. I've always preached about this. I've always coached people on this. It hasn't changed. The algorithm has seen many changes. This approach has not changed one bit. Commenting, is the ultimate growth hack on LinkedIn. If you are posting only two days per week and you're posting something mega valuable, the weird part is people are only going to be seeing you two times this week. Literally two times. They're going to see you, let's say, on Monday, and then they're going to see you on Thursday. They're not going to see you until you know the next three days and the next three days and the next three days. But if you're leaving super valuable comments on other people's posts, 10, 20, 50 times per day, per day, outside of posting. What's going to happen is people are going to see you 10, 20, 50 times per day. That is a massive difference from just two every three days or just once every three days. It is massive. Commenting, what commenting can do for you and your brand is increase your brand awareness because posts by themselves can't do that for you. Go out there, go comment underneath people's posts, go comment on People's comments. So do not just write one comment. No, actually go scroll through the comment section of one post and find two, three, five people whose comments you really liked and people who are, who are like your target clients or people you just want to network with. Comment on their replies. Sorry, reply to their comments. Write something that prompts them to speak to you or that just show them shows them this person cares about me. This person is here because they're interested in what I have to say. I've done this for years. And my results have been amazing. I've coached people on how to do it right. Other people's results have been amazing. Mm -hmm. Commenting is the ultimate growth strategy on LinkedIn. And it is something that you should be applying every day. But posting is something where you pick the consistency (laughs) that suits for you. And yeah, just focus on the quality there as well. Even with the comments. I mean, it's still all about quality. It's not necessarily about quantity. It's just that it's much more noticeable with comments. That's, that's yeah. the big difference,
1: I'd say. Uh, I couldn't agree more. Uh, and I want to share how many times once I commented. Uh, that was uh, 400 times. <laughs> I used the strategy to grow my LinkedIn account. And I commented 400 times. And when I share with someone, you need to comment a lot and get reply. What, what I can say? What, what to comment? I don't know. Just uh, read the post. And bring more value to this post. Don't criticize. Don't tell something wrong. Just bring more value. Uh, praise other efforts. If you uh, people love it, all content creators love it. And um, uh, I started to comment like uh, five times a day, 10 times a day. And I increased, improved, increased. Of course, I cared a lot about about quality. Today, I don't do it. Uh, because it's not, I don't want to do it. I have other priorities. They bring a lot of money. I need to handle a few businesses. But if I have no of these businesses, I <laughs> I will comment a lot again. So I think it depends on your priorities. But commenting is a powerful tool, but Be- the best tool that uh, bring greatest results that I got in my life. So, yeah, I, I agree with that 100%. And, I have a lot of questions to you, but I, uh, I, I'm i going to follow you on LinkedIn to learn more about you, uh, to get replies to my questions. I do it and recommend to anyone to follow Jasmine on, on the LinkedIn to keep learning. Uh, but I have my final question, very important question. Um, what I found, uh, if my clients understand what I do, we usually get great results uh i i cooperate with big clients who can pay great money uh and uh, i stick with a few clients who can pay a lot than uh, to handle uh 100 clients uh, uh to bring less value uh, and what i found uh, we usually get great results with clients who understand everything almost uh, why we need to create high quality content why to think about traffic value then getting more traffic uh why uh we need to think about uh, sharing trust authority uh to uh, bring real experience uh storytelling then just to write for the sake of having it uh, many different insights uh, i want to ask you if you started today from scratch without any experience, knowledge, skills. It's your first day. You just registered your LinkedIn account. You have zero followers, <laughs> zero connections, but you wanna grow in one day to become an expert in this niche. What will you do if you started from scratch?
0: So if I had to scratch from if I had to start from scratch on LinkedIn, from zero, zero followers, zero posts, yeah. zero everything. Just register today. <laughs> If I just registered my profile today on LinkedIn, here's what I would do. And it's funny because just two days I helped someone rebrand from scratch, like quite literally from scratch, basically from zero. We did two things because those two things are the most important things on your LinkedIn. Number one is not the posts, not the writing. It's the profile. Mm -hmm. Your profile needs to be super clear about what you do and who you do it for. When you communicate clearly what you do, meaning what sort of problem you solve, what sort of benefit you bring, but then also you communicate the part that says for whom, meaning you're speaking directly to your target audience. What's going to happen is every single time someone visits your profile, they're going to see whether you can help them directly or not. But if your profile is more along the lines of, hey, I work here, I do this, that's not really as inspiring. You know, hey, I'm the founder of Cop, 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 Cop Consulting. That doesn't tell me what you do. That doesn't tell me if you can help me. That doesn't tell me if you're actually for me or not. But if you tell me I help do XYZ for XYZ audience and you also communicate some of the results that you're able to, to do, let's say in the profile banner on your on your LinkedIn profile, Every single time a person of interest, someone who is your ICP, your ideal customer persona, if they visit your profile, they're going to know exactly what you're all about. And this this has nothing to do with follower count. Let's say you had zero followers, but then you left 10 comments and then 10 people visited your profile. Out of those 10 people, one of them might be your ideal client. So if you're speaking directly to them, Your profile is going to convert. Whether you have zero, 10 followers, or 10,000, or 110,000, it doesn't matter. Clarity on your profile is the number one thing I would invest time if I had to start from zero on LinkedIn. Now, in unison with that, in combination with that, the second thing I would be investing a hell of a lot of time on is comments. Because at the very beginning... Even though you're writing, you should be writing, by the way. You should be writing consistently. You should be publishing posts. The thing is, because you don't have a large you know, large follower base, you don't have a whole lot of connections, your posts are not going to get that much reach just because there's no one in your network, right? So what you do is you go out there and build your network. You go out there and leave comments on other people's profiles. And again, this is why I said even at, earlier in the show, 90% of all of your LinkedIn efforts should be commenting. And that is so true since day one to day 1,000. It is the same exact tactic. You being out there in other people's worlds in other people's networks is the best thing you can do for your brand because it brings brand awareness. It brings interest and it brings brand authority down the line. But then the magical thing is when people see all of that, they see your dozens or hundreds of comments in your case per day and they click on your profile and it still clearly communicates to them, that's when the magic happens. So you've already generated, you know, awareness and a certain level of trust through the comments, but when people finally land on your profile and they see that you can actually help them, that's when the conversion happens, that's when they actually want to pay you. And I'll give you the example of an opposite thing that happens. If you skip the profile optimization part, if you keep your profile non- directed to any particular person, you know, with any particular problem, with any particular solution that you're offering. You could have the most viral posts ever. And I've seen this happen because I've worked with a lot of big creators on LinkedIn where they've just spent, you know, a certain time on the platform, but they've never themselves actually invested time in optimizing their profile because at that point they were like, yeah, sure, I'm going to monetize down the line. But then they noticed that their posts were getting a whole lot of traction. And what happened was they've gained hundreds of thousands of followers overnight. Overnight. But what happened was they couldn't convert to any of them because those followers didn't have a clue about what you could offer and who is it for. So this is why the profile part is actually the most important part. But commenting is how you bring attention to your profile. So these two things need to work in unison. And obviously after you've built a certain level of um, followers you should definitely be posting content for that network because then that network is going to bring you to a new network and so forth so you're not just going to have commenting as a strategy you're also going to have posts as a strategy it's a whole thing you need to do all of these things very strategically but yeah profile is definitely number one commenting thing is a heck of a number two
1: got it yeah thank you thank you thank you so much it's it's a big pleasure to get on my show, to learn from you. I'm going to follow you on LinkedIn to get more valuable insights, tell the best way how to keep learning from you, how to reach out to you, how to cooperate with you.
0: Well, thank you. I really appreciate the invite. Um, as you can see, I'm pretty passionate about this topic, LinkedIn, to yeah. psychology, writing, all this, just because it is something I do on a daily basis. I work with a lot of people. I coach a lot of people. I help a lot of people. And I'm always passionate to, to talk even more about it. So thank you for the invite, man. And yeah, whoever wants to learn more, they want to contact me, work with me. My LinkedIn is the, the, the quickest address.
1: Awesome. Awesome. Guys, you can find the link to LinkedIn account in the description below. Listen us on Apple, Google, Spotify. Thanks again. Love it. Just mean it's a big pleasure. I you love to, to learn a lot more time, about LinkedIn. Uh, and it doesn't matter. You can listen to this episode and use totally the same to any social media. It works everywhere. You need to love what you do. You need to enjoy the process. If you enjoy, it works on Instagram, on YouTube, on TikTok, everywhere. Even on TikTok, you can create content and comment. I know some influencers who comment a lot and get great results. So, yeah, of course, you need to create content. But commenting is a powerful tool uh, crafting your profile. Yeah. It's very important. Okay, thank you guys for listening and watching us. Thanks for tuning in to Unmiss. Enjoyed the show?
0: Drop us a review on your favorite platform and help us spread the digital marketing wisdom. See you next episode.